Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Welcome back, you bunch of Jack Wagons, for another episode. As always, this is George. And this is Nick. Uh... We have a lot to get to today, uh, a lot of college football news, uh, talk some NBA, some Formula One, finally, finally. Uh, NFL, college basketball, we got the, we got the whole slate. Um, start off with some big college football news, um, LSU's uh, starting QB from last season, Max Johnson, has announced that he's going to enter the transfer portal uh, after Brian Kelly gets hired there. Uh, I don't really see this as a loss for LSU. He wasn't great last year. Not anything special. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to be compared to Matt or uh, Joe Burrow, but at the same time, when you take that steep of a dive after your star QB loses, or you lose your star QB to the NFL, uh, it, it, he just wasn't anything special. I, I I think he really held LSU's offense back. Um, and granted, I think half the season. Uh, Ogeron just didn't really care about about the <laughs> offense anymore. Um, but at least for me, I mean, it, it remains to be seen who Brian Kelly is going to bring in with the recruiting class and possible transfers, things like that. But um, at least for me, I don't see this as being a loss for LSU. Yeah, and I, I kind of agree with you. Um, I personally see it as a, a little loss just because it's always hard to lose your starting QB because at least it's something that you know you have and you, you know you you know where you're at in that category. Um, but at the same time, uh, definitely an opportunity to possibly get better talent in at the position. Um, now it is Brian Kelly, so I'm interesting to, or interested to see how recruits react about that because um, obviously, uh, like we had talked about previously, you do one team dirty, obviously the next team you go to is going to be a little hesitant, going to be a little like, well, is he going to do that to us? So, right. um it's going to get intriguing down there in uh, Louisiana. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. Um, Brian Kelly's a very good recruiter for the most part. He's not, I, I mean, we, we said this the other, the other week when he announced he was going there. He's not a top-tier recruiter, but he definitely brings in good talent. Notre Dame always had pretty decent quarterbacks, at least. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he can bring in recruiting-wise and, and through the transfer portal. But, I mean, best of luck. Uh, hopefully he can find a system that fits him, you know, better than LSU did and, you know, really show whatever talent he does have. Uh, for but, sure. First, nothing but the best for him. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, uh, Pitt's offensive coordinator, uh, Mark Whipple, has kind of suddenly just resigned from the, the position. Um, no reason was given. Some people might think it be or think it might be his age. Uh, he's also been linked to the Nebraska offensive coordinator job, so nobody has said for sure yet um, the reason that he is stepping down. But he will not be coaching the bowl game. Uh, he resigned effective immediately. Uh, I think that's a big blow to their offense because he came in three years ago, uh, and Kenny Pickett was really, really struggling. Uh, I mean, it was his. I, I think that would have been his first full year, uh, but I got the chance to see him. I think it was about four years ago. Uh, he came in in relief. Uh, they were playing Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State was blowing him out. Um, so little did I know, I was I was witnessing the birth of a, a Heisman finalist. But um, it happened. Yeah, just seeing the uh, the the progression of him over the last three years. Uh, that first year, they played Penn State at home in just a muddy, sloppy game. Um, probably one of the worst football games I've watched. <laughs> um, but I don't just, know. You're a Bears I, fan. Oh well, yeah, college football games anyway. <laughs> All right, fair. But um, and I mean, not just like the way that it just—it's always hard to play well when it's a monsoon. Oh, definitely. You can't do anything but run the ball. The defense knows you're only going to run the ball. Um, but Mark Webble did a great job there at Pitt. Uh, like I said, he was did a great job with growing and maturing Kenny Pickett. Uh, if he does take the Nebraska job, I think it's a much needed fit for their program. Uh, Joe Brady has also been linked there, uh, the former Panthers offensive coordinator. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. 
but a huge loss for Pitt nonetheless. Uh, they they really could have used him going forward, especially with probably having to bring in uh, a brand new QB next year. I don't really know who they have lined up behind Pickett. So yeah, I, I'm not sure either. I mean, I imagine they might have somebody back there they might be a little comfortable with, but nobody that's taken reps. And when you haven't taken reps, um, you know, I, well, I'm sure they probably have taken some reps. So I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the situation over there, but. Um, like you said, definitely a big blow, especially before the bowl game. Um, you, you think about it, like this man has a lot to do with Kenny Pickett's success. And now obviously Kenny Pickett had a choice. Um, you know, he, he could have got better or he could have stayed the same or regressed. Um, he chose to make himself better. He chose to put the work in. Uh, but a big, a big part of his success definitely is, is Whipple. and um I, i'm hoping for his sake that that he's going on somewhere um so I, know, I, the, 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 the article i was reading from was espn uh yahoo posted an article and nebraska has announced him as their next oc so he is going to oh. nebraska okay all right well but breaking I, news even though it's probably not that breaking no, it, it was announced just, yesterday. we're just dumb yeah. yeah we're just dumb whatever uh, we're um, home and we decided to read espn and not yeah, well, and I did kind of make this the list for this news like two days ago, but yeah. or three days ago, whenever it was, two days ago. But anyway, but uh, I mean, just a huge, a huge yeah. pickup for Nebraska, for uh, sure. And I was, I, I, I got bored earlier, um, as I always do, and I was just watching YouTube videos, and especially about college football, and we were, they were talking about programs that have just fallen off, and they listed like Florida State, USC, um, Florida, and Miami, and then. The biggest one they they said was Nebraska, and I said this before. Nebraska's biggest problem was they left the Big Twelve, and I would just said it was it was because who they were playing against. You know, they got so used to those, you know, teams and everything that they knew they're playing styles, and then they switched to the Big Ten. Their first ever Big Ten game, they were ranked, I think I want to say eighth, sixth or eighth. They played Wisconsin, who was one of them was six, one of them was eight. Wisconsin just mopped the floor with them. Um, and I know they made the Big Ten Championship at least their first year. I don't think they made it two years. But they were just a team that never has never found their footing, and they just don't belong in the Big Ten. Um, they're, one thing I just never even realized is, you know, like they had to shift their whole recruiting perspective too because they had a Big 12 pipeline, and all of a sudden you go to the Big Ten, and you have to go to people and be like, hey, come to Nebraska so, so you can get freaking curb stopped until we can get better players just like you out here. Um, but hopefully he can help turn Nebraska's offense around and get it going in the right direction here. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think the way that the college football landscape has kind of been changing with the transfer transfer portal and everything, um, you know, uh, playing time is everything to these kids, and uh, that's that's a big way that um some of these I don't want to say smaller schools, but less talented schools are starting to find footing um, using that transfer portal uh, like Joe Burrow at LSU. Um, you know, LSU got lucky to just manage to steal one of the best college football quarterbacks of all time from Ohio State uh, because he was playing behind somebody else. Um, but things like that happen. And quite honestly, that's that's where I think um, things can be turned around for a lot of these teams. Um, I forget the main point of what I was just starting to say. It had to do with the recruiting and making the team better. Yeah. Um, maybe there wasn't a main point. Maybe I it's think just their offense talk is, about it, is but... their biggest issue. I mean, their defense definitely usually, for the most part, does pretty well in their games. Uh, their yeah. defense is the only reason they're still in game. And I mean, this year they lost. I think like all but one game by one possession. Yes, one of, one of them was the Iowa game, which I watched. And I'm sorry, but I, and I it was Thanksgiving weekend, <laughs> Friday. Tony is a, you know, he's a Nebraska alum, huge Nebraska fan still, but um, I I bet against them. I was like, I'm picking Iowa, and I was down. I think it was like seventeen nothing. I was like, oh, well, okay, you know, at least like he'll be happy. And then I turned around and Iowa's up like twenty one seventeen. I went, oh shit. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, I won fifteen dollars off of it, so I didn't yeah, care. Whatever. Um, yeah. So Nebraska gets a huge boost in the offensive coordinator department. Um. It appears that they're going to stick with Scott Frost, um, so he gets kind of a, a, a redemption there, and hopefully he can start to show some progress with that program. Uh, moving on, Oklahoma State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles uh, has decided he's going to leave Oklahoma State and go up to 
Ohio State uh, to become the defense coordinator there. Uh, a huge pickup for Ohio State. Um, the Cowboys defense last year was one of the best in the Big 12, and I would say arguably one of the best in the country. Um, when you can take a conference that just puts up on God's numbers every game, points, yards, everything else, um, and you can you know hold everybody to like less than 28 points, uh, I think you're doing a pretty good job. Um, so a huge loss for the Cowboys. Uh, they got to try and, and, and fix that uh, position now. Uh, especially, you know, having that defense almost take them to the playoffs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do here. But yeah, huge pickup for Ohio State. Uh, kind of surprising that he wasn't in the running for a head coaching position anywhere uh, with, with as good as he did this year. But um, maybe next year. Depends what he does here in the Big Ten now. Yeah, and um, this might be a little resume building for him. I personally don't think he needed it. Um, I feel like he could have gotten a head coaching job with the way that uh, he put that defense together, especially this year. Uh, but, I mean, going to Ohio State with a pre or um, carrying over a philosophy that had a third-ranked defense um, and possibly or an almost a playoff berth based on, like you said, that defense. Um, you take that to Ohio State, who's uh, – it's Ohio State. They're loaded with talent. Um, Ryan Day knows what he's doing. Uh, they got a good coaching staff uh, overall. That's like, well, I mean, you can't you can't not know what you're doing coming from where he came from. So I, I won't say he's – he's not – obviously, you know, Nick Saban, but nobody is. Just, nobody. I, I think – and what, what Harbaugh said the other week, really got me thinking about him and Lincoln Riley especially is you know like people are born on third and they think they hit a triple and really that is Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley to a T like they were handed top tier situations and then basically just had to upkeep it and I I would say Day hasn't done the best job you know bringing in all these top tier recruits and then not really doing much with them and then I think he brought in like three five-star or I went three top tier recruits in, in the QB position last year and then now all of a sudden one of them's leaving, and I mean he's getting ripped, you know, because it's like, well, what what did you think was gonna happen? Like, uh, but nonetheless, um, I don't know. I I think personally Ryan Day is just a mess. I mean, I definitely when you put it that way, like I I see what you're saying. Um, he def I uh, I can agree that I think for with, what the, he with was... the program he was handed and the expectations he had, he should be further along right now. Like, yeah, he has a playoff win against Clemson now, but it's like. I think he he should be doing a lot better than where he. I agree, especially this year. Um, yeah. now, like, because from what I understand, they didn't take any dips in in recruits or anything. Um, so I, I'm not sure what this year was about. But as a Penn State fan, I'm intrigued to see what happens over there in Columbus. Um, but yeah, that wraps up our college football news. Uh, just again, want to let you guys know, remind you, uh, college or Capital One. Bowl Mania on the ESPN app. Uh, if you head over to our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, we have a link tree set up. Click on that. Go to the Capital One Bowl Mania link. Follow it. Uh, fill out your entry. Put it in. Your chance to, to take $50 from Nick and I. Um, so make sure you get those in. They are due by next Friday, I believe. I believe next Friday is the first bowl game. So that's when the cutoff is. So if you want your chance to win $50, make sure you get that in there. and. Uh, get your entry in. Yeah, and with that being said, uh, George and I had came to the conclusion, um, because you with uh you guys going up against us in this stuff. Obviously, if one or one of us were to win, well, like it's our money we're putting up anyway. So we decided that we're gonna have a pot. Uh, we're gonna put the money in. Um, to basically give back. Uh, to you guys, whether it's um, you know, for us to buy tickets to sporting events. So we can give you guys better content or better equipment for better content mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Uh, we wanted to make sure we still gave back, even if you guys weren't one of the ones that, that won. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that wraps up our, our college football. Oh, actually, I lied. Uh, I can't believe I forgot this. Um, one college football game this week. Yeah, after uh, I said it was easy to remember, we yeah. almost forgot it. <laughs> uh, Army, Navy, uh, one of my favorite games of the year. Um, I, I absolutely love watching the Army and Navy game. It's been one of my favorites to watch on TV for years and years now. Um, I have always rooted for Army. 
I have nothing against Navy. Uh, I just, I am always, always have been an Army uh, fan. Um, well, now you have to sign to hang up in your house, too, so. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I'll never forget, uh, I think it was about four years ago now, um, when they, they had the all-white unis, like white helmet, white jersey, white pants, and it started snowing. And you, you talk about not being able to Penn, see Penn State players the other week when they played Michigan State. You could not see shit. Oh, and I was just like, what the hell? But it was, it was such a cool game to watch. Um, it's always one of my favorites. I really want to get to it someday soon. Um, but it, it's always so cool to see the pregame ceremonies go on. Um, I watched the Army Air Force game earlier this year. They played down in Texas. Um, I, again, it's the same way. But the Army-Navy game just has so much more history behind it um and i i always love the, the pageantry and everything that goes on there it's so cool to watch um so and it's always a good game to watch too it, like they always they always, it, it always it always goes down to the wire yeah um, no matter if you know one team is really good or one team's really bad or they're both good or they're both bad it's it's just one of the best games of the year uh, it always goes down right down to the wire um i i, I love that game so that's on saturday i believe it's three thirty. Uh, kickoff. I think this year they're in New York. Um, they, they've started moving around. For the longest time it was only in Philly, and then I know they played in Maryland a couple times. Um, this year I think they're playing in New York City, uh, MetLife Stadium. So, uh, very interesting. Uh, make sure you tune into that on Saturday uh, afternoon. Uh, I'm taking Army. Uh, I'm taking Navy, and for no... Of course you are. No specific reason other than I have a group chat full of boys that were all in the Navy. That would kill me if I said Army. So, Navy it is. Uh, go Army, beat Navy. I will always <laughs> say that. So, uh, now that wraps up our, uh, our college now football we're news. College football. Um, so, I'll throw it over to Nick for a little NBA talk now. Yes, sir. So, uh, I did. Um, we were talking about it before the show started, and we know that we don't get to the NBA as much as we would like to. Um, neither one of us uh, seem to have enough knowledge about it to get comfortable so rather than sharing bullshit content with the fans um you know we we try to i, I at least want to try to get into it more i don't know if george is yeah, um, i mean i i just moved to a city where the nba is probably the like so we have the hornets and we have the panthers here in charlotte and i would say yeah. I, I think the hornets are followed more or loved more because they're well now they're winning the panthers are losing even when they weren't winning, those sh- the Hornets were uh, just the team in general. Hornets, um, yeah. whatever it was. Before. Um, so now that I'm in the you know the, the city with with an NBA team, I don't have to drive four hours to Philly or four hours to Pittsburgh. Or, never mind, Pittsburgh doesn't have one. Uh, <laughs> or you know two and a half hours to DC for the Wizards. Um, and growing up, like neither one of those teams were ever any good. Like, so why would <laughs> why would I get yeah. invested? I got invested a little bit in the late two thousands. Uh, uh, my brother-in-law was a huge Celtics fan, um, and at the time, I really wanted to impress him, so I was like, "I'll, I'll be a Celtics fan." Um, and I still follow him a little bit, like here and there, like I get their news and stuff. Um, but I, I'd really like to get into it more now that I'm in a. City Being a Boston fan isn't worth it unless you're from Boston. Yeah, you just got to be miserable like the rest of them in order to enjoy it. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna try to get better um, and keep up with it because we know that there's people out there that obviously enjoy the NBA, but. Regardless for this episode, um, we just kind of wanted to give a, or I wanted to give a little bit of a wrap up of how the NBA is going so far. Uh, so right now, in the East, uh, the Nets, Bulls, and Bucks are all fighting for first within about a game and a half of each other. In that order, Nets first, Bulls second, Bucks third. Um, in the West, there's actually a tie for first place uh, between the Warriors and the Suns, and the next closest team sitting in third is the Jazz at three and a half games back. Uh, still a lot of season left to go, for sure. Uh, Lakers have been catching some momentum here lately, uh, which is good to see, considering they have like 100 years' experience combined just on their starting roster. Um, so, like I said, uh, we'll try to get into it a little more, um, try to see if we can provide uh, better better content as far as the NBA goes for, for you guys. For sure. Uh, speaking of more sports, we want to start to cover more uh, racing. Um. Formula One wraps up this week. Uh, it's the season finale. It's been a great season so far. Uh, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton have gone back and forth, back and forth all season long with the championship battle. Which um, is nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I mean, it'd be nicer to see if Hamilton like wasn't a part of that back and forth, but <laughs> um, whatever. It's at least just nice to see somebody else yeah. there. <laughs> I, I've really gotten into Formula One the last few years, and it, it's been so fun to like see it grow. Not just, I mean, nat or worldwide, it, it's always been one of the most popular sports. It's been right up there with soccer, but seeing it start to grow here in the United States, um, the Netflix series was a huge part of that. Um, I have mixed feelings about the Netflix series. Like, it, it is very good, but they also manufacture a lot of drama. And a lot of the drivers are coming out saying, you know, like, they don't like it. So, but at the end of the day, Formula One is growing, and it, it's great to see. Uh, IndyCar is growing, um, which I love. NASCAR is seemingly starting to be stagnant right now. Um, they keep trying to do things to grow the sport, but it's it, it always ends up just hurting it somehow. Um, that's neither here nor there. Formula One wraps up this week. Um, that race will be Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Uh, it'll either be on ABC or ESPN. Um, so please check that out. Uh, it'll be the final race of the year. They are both tied on points right now. Um, if for some, some way, somehow they end up tied at the end of the race, um, then Verstappen will win based on, uh, wins. Um, if either one of them win the race outright, um, they will win the championship. There's no way somebody can finish in second and get the one bonus point and tie. Um, I believe from second until tenth, I want to say that I think that's wrong. Um, but either way, it, it's going to be a very dramatic race. They have updated the Yas Marina circuit at an uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, it, it used to be just a very slow, pokey kind of track. Um, you can only pass on the straightaways. They have reconfigured it they put a lot of hairpins in there um i think it's gonna be a lot of drama the fia came out today though and said that if either one of them crash each other intentionally that um they're gonna lose points you know you can't win that championship that way basically um you, you think back to 1990 when uh Ayrton senna took out alan Prost in the first corner um you know just Moments like that that you always like remember. FBI came out today. I was like, no, we're we're not going to do that. Uh, you're <laughs> you're, you're going to race proper. Uh, we're have a proper champion, um, which is kind of funny to see because, but it's also nice because you don't want turn that race on. Okay, who's going to win? And then turn one, it's like, oh, it's it's over. But um, in all fairness, a crash in turn one would be nothing out of the ordinary. Oh no, for sure. <laughs> Especially well, that this circuit's kind of hard because they they the start line to turn one is is kind of short. Oh, okay. it's, it's not like a lot of the other tracks where you have a freaking a half mile rundown to turn one. <laughs> just ask for trouble. It's, it's I not, mean, I love it as a fan, but it's yeah. just for trouble. Um, it's not the shortest um, sprint distance on the track. I believe that belongs to Spa. Um, Azerbaijan has a really short rundown. Um, so does Canada. Um, I think this is right up there with Canada. Not Either way, um, I think it's going to be a great race. I, I can't wait to watch it on Sunday morning. I'm going to be pulling for Max Verstappen. Uh, it, it's kind of the stigma of, you know, you just get tired of watching the same team, same person win over and over again. Uh, I used to hate Lewis Hamilton with a passion. I've kind of started to learn to understand that, like, like he is great. Can't help it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it takes a lot of skill to win seven championships in anything, especially in, in a sport where it, it's – points based all year it's not like a playoff system like nascar has like you, you have to go into each weekend and give your absolute best um to be to be able to come a champion and to do that seven times is just something extraordinary uh, a lot of people never thought that would happen again especially in our lifetime after schumacher did it um so it is great to see uh, but yeah no, nonetheless I'm, I'm rooting for Verstappen. and i'd like to see him get his first championship uh last weekend was a wild race to watch with all the um Safety cars and everything, uh, all the accidents, the, uh, the incident with Verstappen having let Hamilton pass. Uh, he brake checked him. Hamilton ran right in the back of him. Uh, and he just drove off like nothing happened. And then they came back like, <laughs> yeah, you can't do that, bro. Uh, so it was, it was a mess of a race. Um, but nonetheless, I think this weekend's going to be great. It'll be interesting to see how the cars race on the new service. Um, also, it's it's Kimi Raikkonen's last race. Kimi has always been my favorite race car driver. Um, just gives the best audio clips ever. 
Uh, if you're ever bored <laughs> and, sure. you, and you want to laugh, just Google Kimi Raikkonen audio clips. Uh, I, I bought his autobiography, and that was a great book to read. Yes, I do read sometimes. I didn't um, even know you could, but I don't know. I'm proud of you. The, the way Hannah gave me a phonics lesson that night, I started to question if I could read or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it'll be sad to see him go. I'm interested to see if he does something like you know possibly switch over to IndyCar, um, pick up endurance racing. Uh, he did give NASCAR a shot a while back in the Truck Series. Um, I don't think he'll ever do that again. Um, or he might just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going to race anymore. Uh, and this will be the last we ever see of Kimi Raikkonen. But, um, yeah, a lot of interesting storylines heading into that race. So if you've never watched Formula 1 before. Um, Good time to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, sh- it should be a great race Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, moving on, we got a lot of NFL games this weekend. Uh, we're going to break these down for you next. Uh, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Yes, sir. Sure. So, did I? I'm taking, I don't know who to take anymore. I really want to take yeah, Baltimore, I... but. Listen, I'm right there with you, dude. Uh, you know what? I Cleveland at home, they've been struggling lately, too. Um, usually, that's how it goes. They struggle. The media gets on Baker Mayfield. He pulls a rabbit out of his ass. But Cleef is still hurt now, too. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I I think Baltimore after last week, I, I started I, I was leaning towards Cleveland at first. I think I'm gonna go with Baltimore. I think after last week, you know they're gonna come out with a fire. Um, I mean they they do have some key injuries, but I think nonetheless, um, they're gonna come out looking for for some payback after last week's embarrassment. Uh, I'm taking Baltimore. All right. Uh, I went with. Uh, I definitely I was on the same page as you. I was like, man, I like this division's got me so messed up this year. It's ridiculous, but um, I did. I went with my gut instinct. Uh, I picked Cleveland at home. Um, actually, I realized I'd picked all of my home matchups um, this week, which I think it just happened to be that those teams laid out the correct way. Um, but anyway, uh, Cleveland, like you said, Baker Mayfield's been struggling. The media's been on him. It's at home. It's a good, not necessarily get-right game because it's not an easy game by any means, but Baltimore has been struggling. Um, they just lost to a struggling pit team last week. Like you said, I, I think Baltimore will be mad. Um, but something about playing in the doghouse gets the people going, uh, gets the players going, and I think Cleveland pulls it out. Probably sloppy, um, probably close. But I don't see this being a high-scoring game at all. I mean, neither offense is really clicking right now. Uh, and like I said, Mayfield's kind of banged up. Um, if yeah. the over-under's in the 40s, I'm taking the under. I didn't oh, look yeah, yet, absolutely. but... <laughs> All right, uh, game number two, we have which, what I think could be up for game of the week. That Arizona Rams matchup is pretty intriguing. Um, but my pick for game of the week, mainly because it's my team, um, and I think we're going to upset them, I got Dallas at Washington. Who you got, Bob? Hurt I'm, my feelings. I, I'm No, I'm actually going to go with Washington here, and, and, and here's why. They have been playing so well the last few weeks. It, like, it, it looks like they've turned a corner as a team uh, i mean their offense still isn't great but it, it's slowly getting better um their defense and the struggling dallas oh sorry this is this is your time i'm like to talk yeah, that's fine their, their defense even though they lose you know their star player chase young they're still playing great um and i think dallas is just trending downwards right now uh they've had a rough few weeks here uh without trevor or no excuse me um Who's the uh, Saints quarterback right now? Not Simeon. Uh, Mr. Do-It-All. I can't lie. Oh, uh, Hill. Yeah, um, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. That's it. Yeah. Taysom Hill. <laughs> Without Taysom Hill throwing four picks last week, um, you know, maybe they, they hang around that game a little bit more. But nonetheless, I, I think Dallas has just looked too rough here lately. Um, and it'll be hard going on the road to Washington, having to smell the diarrhea running through the stadium. Um, <laughs> For real. Because the rough. surf pipes. <laughs> cooperate anymore but yeah nonetheless I, I think washington gets this one at home they get a big win they stay in playoff contention yeah um and this is this is a huge opportunity for us uh obviously we are let me double check before i say this out loud we are two games behind yeah or no yeah two games behind um so obviously we have two games left 
Um, this would be a huge jump to put us one game behind. Uh, but I, I, I have us not just because it's my favorite team, uh, but this is the story of two teams trending in complete opposite directions. Uh, now Dallas has, it's not like they're on a four, five, six game losing streak or anything, but they just haven't looked the same as they did in the beginning of the season. Um, they've had some key injuries, don't get me wrong. Uh, some on the defense, which that defense, even though they played well throughout the majority of the year, it's still a huge question mark for me. Um, really, Mike Parsons and Trayvon Diggs have been holding that defense together, in my opinion. Um, obviously, they do have some good players elsewhere in the defense, but uh, I think those two are the majority of the reason that the defense has exceeded expectations. Um, but regardless, Dak's been struggling. The defense has been struggling lately. Um, while our offense has been struggling, Dallas's defense, again, um, struggling. And even when they were playing well, weren't necessarily one of the top-rated defenses. Um, I think our offense gets it together. Uh, now, we just lost Logan Thomas for the rest of the year, which sucks. But um, Are you kidding really, me? We only, we only had him for – yeah, he had a knee injury, and oh, they God. said he avoided an ACL, but I guess it was serious enough to, to take him out. There. No, I'm saying that because – so he, oh, did you... he's, no, he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> I had him on the IR for the longest time because he was hurt. Well, then he came back last week or two weeks ago, and then he was he was putting up good numbers. And then the other Q, or tight end I had was terrible. So then I was like, you know what? Thomas is back. So I cut that tight end, and then I, I just remember looking. Oh my god! Yeah, um, it no, that's cool. But anyway, good to know. Anyway, um, no good matchup. It should be a good game, good divisional game. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, third game we got here. Uh, we have San Fran at Cincinnati. Uh, I'm I'm taking Cincinnati, and I don't think it's going to be close. Um, San Fran has just been getting lucky the last few weeks, um, and they haven't. They've been mediocre, and then you know last week they had their their shot to kind of keep themselves. They're not out of playoff contention now, but they had a, a you know a chance to make a statement of like, hey, you know we're we're ready to compete for a playoff spot. Um, and they just fumbled the ball against the Seahawks. Um, Cincinnati, they had a close game against the Chargers last week. The Chargers kind of ran away with it. They're late. We talked about that the other day. Um, I, I think they have a fire under them from last week, and I think they're just kind of going to come out. And I, I shouldn't say it's not going to be close. Um, I, I would say probably a 10-point, 10, 10 to 14-point win. Yeah, um, I have Cincinnati again. Uh, I <laughs> I hope I don't regret this because um, the last time I felt so confident about choosing somebody over San Fran, they mopped the floor with them. Um, but I feel the same way. Cincinnati is going to come out pissed off. Um, San Fran, has, their secondary has been the weaker part of their um, defense. Uh, obviously, having Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, um, they're definitely a threat to anybody's secondary, um, but especially San Fran's. Um, and it's at Cincinnati. Uh, the crowd always seems to get behind them. Um, uh, that's one of those teams where even when they're they were having trash teams, you know, a couple years in a, in a row, their fans were still there. They're loyal. Um, something about Ohio, uh, Cleveland's the same way. But regardless, this is a good Cincinnati team, like you said. I, I think San Fran is, though they've they've put a good resume this year. Um, with some of the wins that they've had, they've also lost some games that they shouldn't have lost like this this team should have a lot better record than what they do um so i definitely think that they've got um like i said it, it not in a good way either I, I think they've fumbled games away that that should have been won um but i think cincinnati takes this uh, i agree with you probably 10 maybe 13 points um somewhere in there but it, it's gonna look a lot more lopsided than that yeah um game number four we have this is a big one, um, Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Who are you picking? I'm taking Buffalo. Uh, I know they haven't looked the greatest the last few weeks. I mean, aside from the Thanksgiving game, um, but to me, Tampa Bay just hasn't looked strong enough. Uh, you know, they got some big wins the last few weeks, but they're playing you know subpar divisional opponents in my mind. Um, and I, I think Buffalo, after last week, you know, their coach basically came out and said some hurtful words about, you know, Bill Belichick wasn't that great. Um, you know, they just handed the game to him. Um, 
And if you're going to talk like that, you got to come out and, you know, have a, have a statement game. And what better way to do that than beating the defending Super Bowl champion. So I'm going to actually take Buffalo in this one. Boy. Um, I, I happen to disagree with you on this one. Now, it wasn't a very easy decision for me because these are two teams that I was very high on at the beginning of the season, especially Buffalo. I thought this was Buffalo's year. Um, they have not played up to par. Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, Super Bowl champions last year. They brought back all 22 starters. Um, it's not hard to do that math. They were projected to, and even still to this day, um, are. I don't know if they're still the favorites, but they're definitely up there as favorites to win the Super Bowl. I personally, at this point in the season, don't feel that way about either of these teams. Um, now, you know, at Tom Brady, I, I'd never bet against the Tom Brady team. It's just not what I do. Uh, I've learned my lesson, but except when they play Washington. But anyway, um, I think going to Buff or no, I'm sorry, to Tampa Bay um, home game, home crowd. Tom Brady knows what he's doing. Buffalo's been struggling. I do think that Buffalo is not going to make this game easy. Um, that defense is still stout, and Tampa Bay has been struggling for some reason without Antonio Brown. He was kind of Tom Brady's number one receiver this year. Um, and I'm not sure how that happened. I mean, I know Tom Brady advocated for him to come to Tampa Bay. Obviously, he wanted him, and um, he looks his way in big moments. Um, but it seems like he kind of took over the show there, and without him, they've struggled some. So I think this would be a good – this is going to be a slugfest, in my opinion. Um, probably high scoring. I don't know what the over-under is again, but I'd probably take the over on this one. Uh, moving on, we have your game this week. At number five, we have Chicago at Green Bay. Uh, I already know who you're going to pick, but go ahead and talk to me about it. Uh, Chicago is going to get the freaking doors blown off of them. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to come out with like some false. It's, some false, like, it's not going to be close, <laughs> but I'm still picking the Bears. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I put myself in this corner of the week, and I mean, I will always say my team's going to win. I. Yeah. It's just the kind of fan. You're not a real fan if you're like, well, no, you know we what? We can either sit here and be realistic and like not have faith in our team or just put complete faith in our team and, and look dumb. You know, we don't, we're not getting paid to be right on these picks. Yeah, so. Re- realistically, it's going to be 34 to nothing. <laughs> but the Bears fan in me says we're going to win this damn game. So, you know what? Bears win. Honestly, like, uh, uh, no, I have Green Bay because um, they've started to look hot. That defense has got some key pieces back. They're looking better. Um Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Jones is healthy. Um, the only question mark really is Green Bay has showed inconsistency this year. Now, Lambeau Field is a hard place to play at, but if anybody knows how to play in the cold Midwest, it's the Chicago Bears. Um, so I don't think that weather or anything like that is going to be an issue. Um, but really it's going to come down to this, to the Chicago defense. And you um, – Plain and simply, y'all have not been playing that great lately. Um, still good, uh, but definitely not good enough to um, keep your your team, your offense in a game against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And yeah. last but not least, so we can get George away from his depression, we have the Los Angeles Rams against the or at the Arizona Cardinals. Tell me, George. Who you got? I'm going to take the Cardinals. Uh, I, I think they've started to look much better the last few weeks. Uh, they struggled there with Murray out. Uh, the Rams are just way too inconsistent for me. They look like a Super Bowl team one week, and then the next week they look like a team that's barely going to make the playoffs. Um, and I, th- I think the Cardinals are just more consistent right now. They're going to be at home. I mean, you talk about crowds that just always feed into their team no matter what. Um, Arizona's fans have I, I know it's not one of the loudest stadiums, but it, whenever it's on live TV, it always seems like it is. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a, a hard environment for them to go into and, and walk out with a win. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm also taking Arizona. Uh, the last time these guys played, I was very high on the Rams. I thought the Rams were Super Bowl favorites at that point. Um, Arizona and Kyler Murray kind of were like, blue biome and while arizona had 
a slight rough patch this season that will happen when your starting quarterback is out um, and your starting wide receiver. Uh, but both of them are back, I believe. I don't want to say that with too much confidence because DeAndre Hopkins has not been on the field very much this year. Um, but I'm pretty positive they're both back and healthy. Um, yeah, DeHop came back last week. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, I knew he came back. I wasn't sure if he was still healthy because, like I said, he'd been on and off. But anyway, um, and and I agree. Rams just inconsistent. Matthew Stafford, um, I was very high on him at the beginning of the season, which is one reason I was high on the team in general because that defense is going to do what that defense does, um, except against the last time or against Arizona last time. But anyway, um, Matt Stafford has looked at times like he's still throwing to the receivers that he had in Detroit. Um, some questions I don't know about around the NFL, but at least in my mind about wondering how much obviously Detroit sucks um, and it wasn't all Matt Stafford's fault. But uh, so far, from what I've seen, the only wide receiver that he can consistently throw to is Cup. Um, and now, obviously, that's not a bad receiver to be consistently throwing to. He currently leads the league in, in receiving yards. Um, but he's going to have to be able to find OBJ and everybody else on that team um, in order to, to sneak this out against Arizona. And I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on, I uh, got some college basketball games. I uh, got a big weekend here ahead. Um, starting off, we got... Uh, number 22, Wisconsin at number 21, Ohio State. Uh, Nick, who do you got? This one hurts, um, but I have to take Ohio State with this one. Um, this is a team, and I think I might have said this. I, were they ranked to start the season? They were, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because I thought that I remember talking about them in our preview because I didn't know anything about them, and I was guessing. Um, So I, I don't remember what they were ranked, but whatever. Um, This is an Ohio State team that I think is – I think they got the credit at the beginning of the season for what they were, um, and then it kind of went away. And then they've come back to it. They're ranked again um, after beating Duke. Uh, this Wisconsin team, obviously, Big Ten matchup. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be hard fought. Um, I, I think it'll be close for the first maybe three quarters of the game. Um, I think the last portion of the game, Ohio State's going to run away a little bit. Um, that's just how they seem to play. They always seem to be close. Uh, even they were playing Penn State the other night. I was watching the game a little bit. And they let Penn State hang around uh, for a good while. And then they kind of found their rhythm and, and moved on and, and moved forward. Uh, and eventually um, got the dub. Had a nice, comfortable lead by the end of it. So I got Ohio State taking this. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ohio State, too. Um, I think they're just on a roll here lately. Uh, Wisconsin has always been just a hard physical team to play against. Um, but I think Ohio State just has a little bit more quickness, uh, and, and they'll be able to utilize that and, and get get up and down the court a lot faster on Wisconsin. Uh, kind of wear them down. Uh, Wisconsin likes to play the slow grind game. Uh, kind of like me at prom, but uh, <laughs> Ohio State, um, you know they have momentum after beating Duke, and I, I think they just keep it rolling here. Um, they're they're going to be one of my teams to watch in the Big Ten. Uh, I think at this point right now, um, they would be my favorite to win the Big Ten. So I'm I'm going to pick them to beat Wisconsin. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, we have a uh, Houston at Alabama. Who do you got? Um, I have Bama in this one. Um, I think won the home field advantage, or home court advantage, I should say. Um. You know, two very good teams, um, but Bama fans, um, it's starting to carry over into basketball because their basketball team is getting getting good. Not quite up there where their football team's at, but definitely um, have been progressing throughout the years. And, and all those rowdy, we're the best in the nation football fans come crawling into the basketball center and, and watch the basketball games. And um, having fans like that behind you definitely helps. Um, but... This is a very talented team. Um, I, uh, this is one of my teams to watch uh, going into March, um, but I think that I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, might even come down to a buzzer beater at the end. Like I said, these are very, two very talented teams, um, and it's going to be one hell of a show. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think Bama, I'm picking Bama. I think they just have so much momentum behind them after upsetting Gonzaga last week. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, 
a home game per se for Gonzaga, but I mean they were still playing basically in their their, their home court um, up there in Seattle. But I I think their loss to Iona kind of woke them up, and they're like, well, you know, if we're going to be a team that's going to compete, and you know, try and make a run here in March, uh, we we need to get it together now and build up our momentum. Uh, and I think they did that with the Gonzaga win. I think they keep it rolling here. I have them beating Houston. Um, but like you said, I think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, it, it's going to be very fun to watch. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'm taking Alabama. Uh, moving on, we have Villanova visiting Baylor uh, in the Big 12 uh, Big East clash. Who do you got? Yeah, um, and probably what will be the most entertaining game that we'll watch for the next couple weeks now that the good games were out of the way at the beginning of the season. There might be a couple more coming up. But either way, this is going to be a great game. We got conference play starting. That's the fun part. Yeah, that's fair. But they don't normally don't necessarily put the good ones at the beginning. And like I said, there'll probably be some good games in there. But I, I think this is going to be a huge game um, very early in the season. But I think very huge play, or March implications as far as what these teams are capable of. Um, we've seen hot flashes with Nova. Um, we've seen them uh, kind of struggle to, to hold on to things in the fourth quarter, but I think they're they're coming around. Um, they're starting to play the way they want to be playing. Um, you know, they're using their full talent. Um, obviously, they're still sitting at number six. Um, Baylor is still a very talented team. Um, they've carried over some talent from last year, and obviously they've been playing real well this year. Um, but I think that, that it's about time for Villanova to to catch their stride and really hit their midseason form. Um, and I think that that they're gonna they're gonna run away with this one. Not necessarily run away with it on the scoreboard, but um, being that they are the underdogs, it's gonna feel like they're running away with it. Yeah, um, Villanova's issue this season has been, you know, I mean they played UCLA, they played Purdue, they're up big at points, and then they just kind of let it slip away from them, and they don't close out the game. Uh, I, I think here is a game, you're, you get another another chance at playing the number two team in the country. Um, they're going to go up at some point, and it's it's going to come down to if Jay Wright can slam the, have this team slam the door on them uh, and, and come out of there with a win. And I think they do it. Uh, again, it's my team. I'm always going to pick them, but I really think that they, they've had kind of three, you know, Get your mind right games. Uh, granted, Syracuse is never an easy opponent. You know, they played Villanova very tough. Villanova walks out of there with a big win. But now you're going on the road in a hostile environment at Baylor. Um, and they they need to get up early, and they need to stay in front. And if they can close the door this week, they get a huge win, and I think they do it. Uh, I agree. And kind of a good point that you brought up um, about – being up and staying up, but a lot of that starts falls on on right, and um, I'm interested to see. You know, he, obviously he's a great coach. Um, I'm interested to see if he can, you know, whatever is whatever is stopping this team from closing out those games, if he can find out and and execute um, some sort of resolution for it. Yeah, like I don't care if you got to take Barry to keep your lead up. Uh, like I know you're getting up there in age, <laughs> man, but damn. Yeah, if whatever you, it is, you can't be blowing these big games. Pop a couple uh, testosterone pills before the game. I don't know. Yeah, something. A couple of X80s. Ask Coach uh, K and, and, and Roy what they did. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, that wraps up our uh, weekend preview. Uh, it, it's going to be a very entertaining weekend from um, the Army-Navy game Saturday. Uh, college basketball all weekend. We got NFL on Sunday and Monday. Uh, and like I said, don't forget Formula One, 8 a.m. Sunday. Um, yeah, very entertaining weekend ahead. It should be very, very fun to watch, and can't wait to recap it on Tuesday with you guys. For sure, for sure. So, from the topic of college basketball, it's going to lead us into our our debate for today. Um, and I, I kind of have a feeling that this might not be a huge debate, but I don't know. George and I haven't really talked about this one yet, so I'm not sure what he's thinking. But our debate for the day is... Uh, Basically, everything around the NBA's slash NCAA basketball's one-and-done rule. Um, so, uh, George, I, I want to ask you what, what your thoughts are on it. And not only um, 
I maybe should have told this to you sooner because I did pick this topic, but not only the one and done aspect, but um, the traveling overseas aspect to it as well and, and what players are doing to kind of combat the, the one and done. Um, now, also keep in mind with college players starting to get paid that that could change the landscape even more. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I've never really liked the one and done rule. I was glad they implemented it, or at least something, because um, I feel every... I mean, you, you can look at college one of two ways. Is one, it's, listen, it's one, it's hold me back from, you know, going to the NBA, chase my dream. Not every kid is cut out for college. Um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Like, I, I really wish I would have gone to a trade school. Like, college just isn't for everybody. Like, unless you are going for something that you really care about or a degree that you really need to, to further your career, um, then, you know, why do you want to go to college? Um, but I, I, I would almost rather they have like, uh, NCAA does for football where you have to have at least two years, um, that, and just require certain classes. Like, listen, we understand you're not going to leave here with a degree, but you need to take a financial responsibility course. Um, you know, just certain classes like that. So when, you know, they send their, their tutors to go take the class for them, um, they at least get some information from that, some things that they can use rather than getting into the NBA. You know, you get signed and then you turn in like a Greg Oden and, you know, you're the number one draft pick and you play like, what, 20 games in your career. Um, you end up being bankrupt. I don't think he's bankrupt now, uh, but I'm just saying like you, you have those situations. Yeah. I want to uh, say it's like it's something like 85 percent or something of NBA players eventually go bankrupt. And now that I, was, I, th- I think that's that all a, like all professional athletes, just because like it, it none of them be. really learn how to take care of themselves financially. And then when they retire or they're done, then you know they just blow through that money because they're not used to it not being yeah. re- and replenished. Well could have something to do with the fact that you only need to spend one year in college. Like, yeah, and I, no, I do agree with you um, and I'll let you finish your thoughts here. But yeah, um, college definitely isn't for everybody. Um, And now there's ways around that. Obviously, you, you know, choose easier whatever's but um not everybody's like that like i know me personally like if if i had gone to college for for a sport i it, it's just how i am i would have challenged myself i i know i would have went for something um especially if i'm on a scholarship and i'm getting paid like in the tuition's getting paid like i definitely would have tried something challenging so i definitely um agree with you on that aspect yeah. though, but go ahead like i mean for say you look at football like the only way you're going to make it to the nfl is if you play ncaa football um with basketball, I mean, you can go European or, you know, international and play for a year or two and then start to get recognized and then you can get picked up from there. Um, so there are other outlets than just going to college, but it's not that's not easy for everybody because a lot of these these guys are coming from inner cities and stuff. You know, their families aren't made of money, so they can't afford to send people, you know, over to Europe to play basketball for two years you know, in the hopes that they get recognized to, you know, get signed back in America here. Um, uh, so I, I almost wish there was like another league, which I, I don't know. Can, can you do G league and, and then without going to college? Uh, no. So G league. Uh, yeah, is, I didn't think you could, but yeah, it's basically like the minor leagues. For yeah. The NBA. Um, so but I, I mean, know. that would be like, that would be uh, if they could re, organize the g league in a way or even just make like another developmental league um something yeah because like not everybody's made for college like uh, i'm sorry i'm no no you're fine and (laughs) like i listen i love watching college basketball i i mean i watch it more than i watch the nba but at the end of the day i understand that for a lot of these kids just like i mean we watch all these coaches leave and everybody's come up and like listen at the end of the day we understand it's a business at the end of the day, you know, your career is, is a business. Like, you have to do what's in your best interest. Um, I, I would just say, like, if you're going to force these kids to go to college for at least one year, I would make it two. Um, go there and at least try and absorb some knowledge. Like I said, take some financial literacy courses. Just things like that. Like, if you're going to force these 18, 17, 18-year-old kids to, to go somewhere for a year, don't let them just, you know, cakewalk through it uh, for one year. I mean, Christ, by the time basketball starts, you know, you're just getting your, your progress reports and you don't know if that kid's going to be eligible or not. Um, 
you know, and then halfway through the season, they don't have to care about school anymore because, you know, they're putting up triple doubles every night. The university is not going to let them get benched. You know, things like that. Like, it, I, I think you need to, if you're going to have this rule, you need to make it at least a two-year rule like the football has. Uh, or that, that would be my only change to it. Either create a new developmental league where kids don't have to go to college, um, but if you're going to make them go to college, you have to go to college for two years. No, I definitely, um, I can see your point. And I'm, I'm glad that I kind of left this. I was going to kind of specify this down, but I wanted to leave it broad because I wanted to see when it was mentioned, like what came to your mind. I, like, I wanted to know exactly what your thoughts were. I didn't want to funnel anything in. So, so I'm glad that I, I left this kind of broad. Um, and I'm glad that you have the thoughts that you have. Um, quite honestly, like, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm not going to lie. Um, because like you said, not everybody's made for college. Um, so you're either like, and not only are D1 sports, like enough stress on a 17, 18, 19 year old kid. Um, but then you're going to add college courses on top of it. Um, in an already full schedule, like there's a lot of practicing that goes on at D1 schools. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to forget that, especially when it comes to the, the scholar aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make them go to college, I I kind of agree with you. Um, at least try to help set them up for a better future. Now you can't control the ones that go over to Europe and whatnot, but, um, regardless, I personally think that it should be open. Um, I, I don't think that you should be forced to go to college or to go to another league. Now I do think that it will set you up for a better life. Um, but you see it in football too. You see these kids that, you know, have been there two years. Um, maybe they started a year and a half, or maybe they just started the last year they were there. And, um, they think they're going to get drafted. Um, maybe not necessarily first, second, or third round, but later in the draft, and they stay for another year um, because they want that draft stock to go up. Um, it puts a lot of puts a lot of power in the players' hands, and I feel like that that's that's one thing that's important. But at the same time, I I don't want to see 17 18 year old kids getting sent into a professional sport and getting completely demoralized because they're getting mopped up by the best basketball athletes in the world um so i definitely like there's definitely a fine line and and i can understand that there's probably no winning on something like this um you're gonna have players that aren't gonna be happy you're gonna have um fans that aren't gonna be happy whatever it is um now i do think that NCAA, at least basketball, is starting to level itself out. Um, not necessarily NCAA, but just um, in the transition stages, whether it's NCAA or whether it's the European leagues or the Chinese leagues or whatever it is. Um, it's definitely players are starting to realize that college isn't their only option, um, and they're you know they're going out and and finding these foreign leagues and playing in them and getting recognized. Um, but like you said, there's not everybody has that same opportunity. Um, and I think that the biggest thing that these leagues need to focus on, whether it's the NFL or the NBA or the MLB, I think it should be getting people chances. Um, obviously, you know, you're going to miss out on talent. I'm sure there's people who go undrafted in every sport that could have been superstars, um, and they just never amount to it because they were never given a chance. So I think that no matter what sport it is, it really relies or, or falls back on giving these young kids a chance um, to showcase their talent. And whether that's in college or in the European League or in your own developmental league, like I, I think, I think a developmental league honestly would be super helpful. Um, something like AAU, but for like, um, and I know they have like older or older AAU teams, but it doesn't seem to be the same because you can be playing with, with different level of kids, even though, you know, they have like U19 leagues or whatever. Um, I personally think there should be some formal developmental league um, that you can say, hey, because you can still go to college because a lot of these kids still want to go to college. They want to get that education. So they have a fallback plan, you know, because God forbid you get injured or whatnot. But um, for those kids that don't want to, that's their choice. You know, um, if they want to go to this developmental league um, and just 
and pay them something small. Like, you know, it could be for the kids that maybe didn't necessarily have good grades in high school, but, um, you know, they, and, and I, I get that community colleges and stuff like that kind of give them that opportunity. Um, but a lot of community colleges get overlooked still. Um, so I think, again, it, it all falls down to opportunity. Um, I think the leagues need to focus on what gets these kids the most, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for, exposure to scouts or, you know, to NBA execs or whatever it is, getting kids exposure, getting them a chance, um, no matter, no matter what their situation is. I, I think that's really what um, is going to solve everything. And like I said, I, I think we're on the way to that um, based on the kids that are going to the, the European leagues and stuff like that. Um, but I'd like to see the U.S. do a better job at, at at giving these kids opportunity, especially when you think about it, the majority of them are coming from right here. So why would they, why should they have to go to a another country in order to get, you know, something as simple as a developmental league um, experience? Yeah, um, I like you said. I would like to see some developed here in America, um, but at the end of the day, like I mean, going back to it, like if you think about it, people going from high school straight to the NBA was even then becoming like a dying breed. Like LeBron was the last big one I can think of. Yeah, for um, sure. So and, that, like, and, I, I don't necessarily think that it that kids should just be going all willy nilly. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. NBA. But I mean, there needs to be something. Whether you you go to college or you go international whatever but I, I think at the end of the day it to create a more affordable option for people who like i said are you know they might come from inner city they don't have you know millions of dollars laying around to go over to your go over to europe for a year or two years and play basketball you know that's not an option for everybody so i, I would like to see you know a, a league developed here in the u.s and then listen hey if you go to that league and you're still not good or not as good as you want to be, or, you know, not good enough to get into the NBA, you can still go to college. Like, I, I, it should be allowed that, you know, that's not breaking the amateur rule or whatever, and you can go to college, get, you know, coaching from a, a, a top-tier university like Duke or something like that, and then grow your game for, you know, another two or four years, whatever, and then come out and go to the NBA. Um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely something the NBA needs to look into. Um to create more of an advantage for them. It's only going to help them if they just try to help culture young talent more. Um, so Yeah, definitely, because especially, like, if you have um, – and whether you do it on the off season, you know, whatever, however you do it, um, it just creates opportunity, like I said, for, for more kids to get exposed, um, to get more eyes on them, but also your organizations to branch out on who they see, you know, there might be kids that play in this league, um, you know, that maybe at their home school, they were averaging 35 points a game, but they were on some, you know, six, a schmuck team. So nobody ever looked at them like, um, or at least nobody ever seriously looked at them. Um, you know, whatever it is, like it, it, it would give the NBA a better chance to, to kind of mold these players and be like, look, this is what the NBA is looking for. If you want your best chance, this is, you know, what, what you need to do. Kind of what college does, but again, not everybody can get scholarships or can afford to go to college. So I think it just gives more kids an opportunity to, to be seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the NBA definitely, like we said, needs to look into. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they're in any rush to, to no, change it going forward. But so either. Um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely something that needs to be looked into. Uh, I'll get LeVar Ball on the phone at this point and <laughs> get him to throw some money around and, and get a league started. Oh, up. yeah, dude. I mean, he raised three NBA stars. Like, he obviously uh, uh, two. He's got something going on. Well, yeah, two. Uh, but, what, I think, but, is Leangelo, I, is he in the G League? I think he got signed, but I, I want to say I think he got cut. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, stars probably wasn't where he works. I think, I'm pretty yeah. sure he was signed. I don't know where he was signed to. I actually I th- I think, might have been the yeah, Hornets. The, the Hornets signed him, but for some reason, I feel like I saw an article saying that he got cut too. So I'm not sure. Probably. Um, Whatever. Hey, still. He was definitely game, he right? was definitely by far the the worst one though. Like I mean, you watched the the show they had growing up, and then he went to UCLA, and then got in all that trouble over in China for stealing stuff. I don't. know. 
it was just to me it was always funny to watch him it's like you see his two brothers like Lonzo was not never this year he's done a lot better but like when he first started he wasn't anything special uh I remember like when I was a Celtics fan not that I have anything against the Celtics now I'm just not into them as much anymore but it was when Lonzo was coming out I guess he was like the number two projected overall pick and the Celtics had the number two pick and the one guy I was working with he was a huge Celtics fan he's like if they draft him, like, I'm never room for that team again. I was like, damn. Um, you know, he kind of played like that for the first few years, too. And But this year, oh, yeah. this year he's looked amazing uh, alongside DeMar DeRozan out there in Chicago. Um, watching their highlights online has been really fun. Uh, just seeing them playing and having fun. Um, I got to see if they ever come to Charlotte again. And I got to see if I can Probably. make that game. But uh, nonetheless, that wraps up our show for tonight. Uh, we appreciate you guys, as always, for checking us out. Uh, don't forget to follow the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, yeah, just thank you guys so much for the support so far. Uh, can't thank you enough. Uh, we're, we're closing in on some, on some goals here. Um, and then from there, it's it's onwards and upwards. Um, but we will be back Tuesday after an action-packed weekend. Uh, and we will see you guys then. Yes, sir. Everybody have a great weekend. Watch some sports. Take it. All right. See you guys. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.